right, all right. Join the Journey family, friends, and guests. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today we are reading Ecclesiastes 5 and 6. And if you are listening to today's episode on the day it's come out, we are on day 15 of our 21 days prayer and fasting campaign. And today's prompt is to sit silently before the Lord and reflect on the gift of your salvation. Ask the Spirit to show you where the Lord is sustaining you. Psalm 62, 1 through 6. So that said, If you haven't yet spent time in prayer this morning, pause the episode, take that challenge, and spend some time sitting silently before the Lord. Otherwise, today I am in the studio with faithful Watermark member, Sarah Hamilton. Hey, Emma. So excited to be here. Sarah, it is good to have you here. We used to work together we did. on the comms team, uh-huh. which was pretty fun. So I'm yes. glad you're in the studio with me now. Yeah, so excited. Would you share a little bit about what God's done in your life? Of course, I'd love to. So my name is Sarah Hamilton. I grew up in um, Allen, which is just a little ways north of here. Just grew up in a Christian home. Um, was really blessed that my parents are both believers and just shared about Jesus with me from a young age and just was involved in church growing up. And so I'd say like by the time I was 13, I just, the truth of the gospel really became real to me and just fully accepted that Jesus was my savior, that Mm -hmm. he was fully man, fully God. He came to earth to be a sacrifice for my sin. And so I knew that I needed his saving to be reconciled with God. And so accepted Christ and got baptized when I was 13. And then I went to college. Where'd after you go to high school? school? I went to Texas Tech, Rackham, <laughs> for anyone out there. <laughs> and college was just a really big catalyst for my faith. I think it was the first time in my life that I was really faced with the challenge of independence and just deciding for myself what my faith would look like without my parents. And so I think I had a lot of good intentions going into it. I joined a Christian sorority. I was involved in college ministry um, at a church. And just was excited about that when I got there. But then I think over time just was willing to compromise in my obedience to the Lord in some ways and my dating relationship and just leaning into some insecurities that I've had and just focused on the world and what people thought about me. And so I think in that time in my life, I just felt a lot of the tension that Scripture talks about of how you can't live in the light and the dark and you can't serve two masters. Mm -hmm. But God was really faithful to me, used a retreat in my sorority um, to just give me an opportunity to confess sin to a friend. And that was the first time that I really felt the freedom of just full confession and receiving healing from prayer. And I think it was the first time that I really felt like the full depravity of my own sinful heart and just how much I needed Jesus just again and again in my life. And so graduated college, moved back to Dallas after that, and then 2020 happened a couple years later. And that was just really opened my eyes to how fragile the world is and mm-hmm. made me realize I needed to be grounded in something. And I knew that God's Word was the only thing that would really carry me through any test or trial. And so just recommitted to reading through the entire Bible and started seeking out a deeper Um, church community. And so that led me to try out the porch with some friends, which is how I got connected to Watermark, which is really drawn into the authenticity here. And then I got involved in Equip Disciple and became a member. And then in 2022, I had the privilege of starting to serve full-time with the comms team. It's amazing what God can do in those two years. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it's been really, really sweet. And And for uh, those who don't know, what is the comms team and what do you do? Yes. So our communications team was a team that kind of works in the background. So you'll never see us really on stage or (laughs) um, at the forefront, but we help create campaigns around any communication that you see from a ministry or for an event. We help create graphics, video promotion. We have an overbroad creative team. 
um, that houses comms team production and worship. And so anything that you see, like messages from the stage, communication from your Watermark News and email, any any kind of communication you receive from Watermark, we help make that happen. And Which is so, pretty cool. It's really fun. It's been really sweet to work in. I came from a you know corporate background, and so it's been really sweet to to jump into ministry. Sarah, thanks for sharing about your work, your story. I love hearing it. Before we get to today's reading, uh, if, if listeners are following along and enjoying the Journey Journal, they know that there's a question printed at the bottom of today's page, and it's very simple. It's, what is the importance of keeping your word or the significance of keeping your word? Just so we can we can check that box, <laughs> get it out of the way, and move on to, to the text. How would you answer that question? Yeah, I think it just goes back to the character of God and just who we are in relation to Him. We know that God is the ultimate promise keeper. He's never promised anything that hasn't come true. And just thinking about that in terms of where we are, we're His representatives on earth, um, even from the Garden of Eden. You know, we were meant to be His ambassadors. And so now as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit in us and we reflect that love of, of our Savior to the world. And so I think we have to be people of our word if we are to reflect that foundational character of the God that we serve. And it makes me think about our witnessing to the world as well. If we are people who are untrustworthy, then they're not going to believe that we have a trustworthy message mm-hmm. to share. And so I think it's reflecting that love of our Savior to people comes from a foundation of trust. And so holding to your word just allows you to be a better witness for your faith. Good, Sarah. Ecclesiastes 5 and 6, what you got for us? Okay, awesome. So I wrote my Devo on uh, chapter 3 and 4, and so it's been cool to just go back and just can see that the continuation of that from what I learned there. And I think from the beginning of the book, we're just seeing that the teacher, author of the book, has been on a quest for wisdom and has seen that all things are vanity. We live in a fallen world where evil people prosper and good people can suffer. And so he's just continuing to see that cycle continue of there's nothing new under the sun. These generations just continue and continue, which mm-hmm. can be depressing, yeah, <laughs> honestly. Right. But I think is just a true like sobering reality of the world that we live in. And so I think it's sweet to see scripture just acknowledging that like brutal truth of that this world can be hard. Mm-hmm. But I think by God's grace, you know, it doesn't end there. And we see that in the previous chapters, the teacher's exploration led him to see that a proper response is to fear God and to be grateful for the good gifts that the Lord has given you. And so I think that kind of left us with the question of how do we do that? In chapter five, I saw this shift in the point of view perspective that it was written. So all the previous chapters were reflections from the teacher He's writing in the first person. And then now in chapter five, he speaks directly to you in the second person. And he's mm. it's direct instruction to us. So guard your steps. Exactly. Yeah. Guard your steps. And he sees that is a great observation. Thanks. <laughs> I like I think it's from I nerd like in my nerd nerdy self. I love English and love writing. Uh-huh. And so noticing the grammar was... I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm really not. Knowing you, know, I'm not yeah. surprised at all. But keep going. Yeah. So you notice the shift that he goes from saying, when I looked, when I saw, when I reflected to now, hey, you do this, when you go. Yes. Yeah. And so he's seeing that we're having to navigate these hardships in the world that he's observed. And so now he's asking the question, well, how do we do that? And he's telling us very directly. And so he starts where I think make sense to start, which is how do we approach the Lord? We see that he encourages us to come with a posture of humility. And so just in the first couple verses, he says, be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, 
for God is in heaven and you are on earth. Mm -hmm. And so that phrase of God is in heaven and you are on earth is what I really latched on to in my observations from the chapter of just the teacher's been spending his time trying to discover this meaning and purpose through his logic or experiences. And he's found the world to be seemingly random and unfair. Mm -hmm. And it's made him realize that to gain the knowledge that he's looking for, he has to have the perspective of God who is in heaven and we are on earth. And so our knowledge is limited. God's knowledge is infinite. And Mm -hmm. so we have to have that right understanding of from dust we came to dust we return to understand um, just what the Lord is doing. And so, and he comes to the conclusion that we can never understand what the Lord is doing, right? (laughs) Right. And it's just impossible to gain that perspective. And so that's what makes it makes sense then to be quick to listen to the Lord and come to him mm-hmm. instead of relying on our own wisdom or wealth or labor like the rest of the chapter kind of talks about. Cool. Sarah, what else What else did you notice? What stood out? I think just skipping down to uh, verse 18 really caught my eye of just he's gone through this search and he gives an answer to kind of the questions he's been asking and says, Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil for which one toils under the sun, the few days of life that God has given him, for this is his lot. And so when I was studying that verse, looked into the Hebrew translation of it, and so found that the translation for find enjoyment, that phrase, literally means see the good. And so I think that helped me in my understanding of what that really means. So it's God is inviting us into an enjoyment in life, and it's an action that you can take. He's Mm -hmm. saying to see the good with what you've given him and so, or what he's given you. And so it's about a joy in your heart that you can find, which he talks about in verse 20, of just from seeing the good in the circumstance that the Lord has given you. Mm -hmm. And so I think he, the verse or the chapter kind of encourages us that if we are given the stewardship of wealth or power, we're to enjoy them and to steward them well for for God's glory. And it's better to enjoy what you have while you have it um, because you can't take it with you after you're gone. And so I think seeing the good is just something that's grounded in a faith-based gratitude mm-hmm. for your lot in life, which leads to that joy in your heart that's talked about in verse 20 um, for the Lord's faithfulness mm-hmm. to you. Good, Sarah. Thank you for being here and sharing with us today. Of course. That was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. So grateful for you. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.